This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you by Tower Electronics. For connectors, cables, and more, call 920-435-2973 or visit pl-259.com. And by ICOM. Heard it? Worked it? Logged it. Visit www.icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information about ICOM radios. It's Ham Radio. everyone it's time for ham talk live episode number 296 it's another hamvention preview it's the last one because hamvention's coming up next week it's hamvention preview kit building and shopping recorded on may 12 2022 i'm your host neil rapp wb9 vpg thanks for tuning in to this episode of ham talk live and in just a little bit, we'll be joined by Joe Eisenberg, K0NEB, the kit building editor at CQ Magazine. And he'll be telling us what to look out for at Dayton and some opportunities to do some kit building while you are there. Uh, last episode, JKG5LJZ was here to talk about the return of NASA on the air. So if you missed that show, you can listen anytime at hamtalklive.com or on your favorite podcast app or on YouTube. And you can catch the rebroadcast of Ham Talk Live on Saturdays on WTWW Shortwave. That's 5085 AM. And that's usually about 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time. So I will be back with Joe right after this word from Tower Electronics right here on Ham Talk Live. Hey, honey, have you seen the PL259s anywhere? No, I haven't. Come on, kids. Let's go. There's just one place to go for all of your connector needs. Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics. A giant warehouse of connectors and adapters for every occasion. Thousands to choose from in every shape, size, and color. And they have antennas, soldering supplies, cables, meters, and more. Where do you go if you want to buy a connector at a fraction of retail cost? Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics. And this weekend only, take advantage of our special liquidation sale. Buy nine solder-type PL259s. Get the tenth one for just one penny. They make great Christmas presents. And what better way to say I love you than with the gift of a PL259. Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics. I'm Scott, KB9AMM of Tower Electronics. I like the PL259 connector so much, I bought the company. Tower Electronics, coming to a ham fest near you or online at pl-259.com. And we're in the yellow pages under Amateur Radio Connectors. My, wherever did you get that lovely PL259? Tower Electronics, pl-259.com or call 920-435-2973. Do we sell PL259 connectors? All the information you need for your trip to Dayton. 
It's Hamvention Preview here on Ham Talk Live. Welcome back to Ham Talk Live tonight. Joe Eisenberg, K0NEB, joins us on the Orlando Amateur Radio Club and Hamcation Zoom line. Joe is from Lincoln, Nebraska, and is well known for his kit building expertise. Joe is also well known for his picture shows of Hamvention. So if you've been following the uh, the Facebook group, the Dayton Hamvention Fanatics, they they do these countdowns of of all those picture shows so those are pretty cool uh he is the longtime kit building editor at cq magazine and often makes his uh, presentations and uh offers kit builds at ham fests conventions and club meetings um joe is also known at dayton at least for his famous dr seuss hat so if you're at dayton make sure you, you are watching for the guy the dr seuss hat well, Joe, welcome back to the show. Great to uh, talk to you again, and and we'll we'll talk a little bit about Dayton and talk a little bit about some kits. All right, Neil, and it's always a great time to be with you on Ham Talk Live. Well, I I appreciate you your time tonight because people that weren't listening before don't know this, but we just spent I don't know what an hour. <laughs> yeah, at least uh, an hour. Yeah, at least an hour. Uh, I, I put together a new desktop computer uh, for the show and uh, to try to get rid of some of these audio glitches, and we had audio glitches. So we've spent the last hour or so troubleshooting audio glitches, but we finally, uh, I think, got it all straightened out. So uh, so hopefully the new uh, the new gear here will, uh, will make an improvement to the show. Well, anyway, it's almost Dayton time. I I am scurrying around now that the semester has ended. Uh, I am scurrying around trying to make all of my preparations for um, the uh, booth space that uh, Yoda is doing, and and we're doing a, a, a collaboration with Hamsai. Um, on some, some booth talks. So we're trying to get all that stuff ready to go. And so, you know, as, as Hamvention comes closer, we, we, we got to get prepared. And, you know, you always do a great job of capturing, uh, all the happenings at Hamvention with your, your slideshows and everything. But also kind of want to talk a little bit about, um, uh, what to do for for kit building and, and first of all i know uh there's the four days in may so so tell us a little bit about four days in may and and how that kit building goes uh right before hamvention well actually it's on friday uh friday afternoon friday. Oh, okay. and uh because the fdim seminars are all day on thursday and they move the kit building to friday so that uh rex uh who does the kit build would have a chance to actually sell some kits uh of his own in the uh, uh vendor night which we have on thursday night there at about eight o'clock and uh rex kit this year is a um, uh, CW transmitter that's made out of, uh, I think it's 
TTL type logic or something like that. I can't remember. It's like four logic chips and somehow he makes uh, a CW signal out of it. And uh, so that's what's going to be the kit build. I'm not sure if I'll be able to make that one. But uh, uh, there will be a lot of kits for sale, especially at vendor night at four days in May. And, of course, in the flea market and all over Hamvention, you'll be able to find some kits. Um, and there's some some real good ones, like Hobby PCB makes a really nice 50-watt uh, amplifier that goes from QRP power levels to 50 watts. And now they have a uh, automatic antenna tuner module that goes in there as well. So um, there's lots of neat kits out there. Now you know we, we mentioned the, the four days in May. That's that's a kit build. Uh, what are what are you doing specifically? You have your your kit building forum a session. What what's what's going on with you this year? Yeah, I have the uh, kit building forum. It's just me this year, and uh, because the the guy that's usually with me is in charge of FDIM, so he's going to be kind of tied up. But. Uh, uh, what I'll be doing is uh, the forum, which will be at 11.45 on Friday morning. Yeah, we, we schedule it so that uh, I only go about an hour, and uh, I'll be mentioning a lot of kits that will be available or or things you might want to look for in the flea market, which is right nearby. We're in the uh, 4-H building, which is forums room 4. Uh, which is kind of over by the grandstand. And so it is a little bit of a walk over there, but it's air-conditioned and very comfortable in there. And there's there's exhibitors like EAE Sales, which is basically right out the front door, and they're probably the biggest uh, sales of soldering stations, soldering irons, solder, uh, desoldering tools, uh, surface mount tools, all the kind of stuff that you really want. Yeah, that's uh, that's very convenient, Joe. That <laughs> you can go shopping right after the forum. But uh, I, I know you've got some some kits to talk about. Uh, but bef- before we get into those, what what kinds of things should you be looking for to do all that shopping? You, you've got kits, but you know you've got supplies and and all these. Other things, uh, accessories. What what what's on the shopping list for the ham this year for kit well, building? Well, if if you're a beginner or an experienced kit builder, you're going to want to look like at EAE Sales and a few other places for a good soldering station, and you want one that has digital temperature control if you can get that, uh, because. That way you can more precisely set the temperature. Now, there are some good analog ones. Uh, there's some wellers, and uh, uh, there is the uh, uh, Edson loner, which is what I have. And it is analog, but it's very precise about it. Um, you want a temperature-controlled, not just variable heat, but temperature-controlled soldering station. And you want to get yourself some 6337 solder, rosin core. No clean is the best. Um, and there's there's all sorts of other things like uh, wire cutters and strippers, some really good quality flush cutters. And you're not going to spend more than 6 to $8 for a pair of flush cutters. And some needle nose pliers, screwdrivers, and things like that that you're going to want to have when you're building a kit. Okay, so some great stuff to to look for 
uh, while you're at Hamvention and now let's let's get into some of these kits. I know you've got a, a new one that you were you're showing me before uh, we started uh, recording here that uh, that you're excited about. So tell us about the cricket. Okay, the cricket is uh, the fourth in a series that the four state QRP group has come out with. The twenty meter cricket was asked for because twenty meters is a good DX band for uh, QRP. And uh, this is no exception. It puts out uh, about eight-tenths of a watt from a single nine-volt battery on it. Uh, there are no toroids to wind. They are spiral-wound in the circuit board. Uh, this particular one was redesigned by the developer, NM0S, uh, teamed up with NV5F, that's Virginia, and they uh, came up with the idea, and uh, she helped work out the parameters to uh, make this thing work on 20. And uh, I've gotten lots of reports on Reverse Beacon Network from this one. And it hears quite well. Um, as long as you're not near a high-power broadcast station, you'll be all right. Um, and the straight key is part of the kit. It goes right on the main circuit board. And uh, all in all, a real fun little kit uh, to play with. Uh, the lower band ones, which are on 30, 40, and 80 meters, uh, put out about a, a solid watt. Uh, so the efficiency isn't quite as much on 20, but 0.8 watts is plenty of signal uh, when you're talking about QRP. And it comes with material to make a socket, so you can interchange crystals and put them on different frequencies within the CW part of 20 meters. Um, there's another kit that is coming out, and by the way, the designer of that kit is also NM0S, David Kripe, and uh, uh, he is the chairman of FDIM this year, and the this is a uh, dummy load kit, which is good for working with kits like the Cricket when you're first testing it out. The unique thing about this kit is that it's all surface mount resistors, and then there's four LEDs, which are conventional, and then a conventional diode and a uh, disk capacitor and a BNC connector. Now, before you get... Uh, upset about surface mount parts and by the way this is a dummy load and it shows uh, how much power the first led that lights up says a half a watt then there's a one watt two watt and five watt led to give you a rough idea how much power you're putting out from that little qrp kit a lot of people get really nervous when they see that it's got surface mount parts but these chip resistors are bigger than eighth watt uh, regular through-hole resistors. So they're, they're plenty big and actually relatively easy to install. Now, when I did this one, I did it to document two different methods of doing surface mount. And so the five resistors across the uh, front by the uh, diodes, I did by putting a tiny dab of solder on one of the two pads on each one. And then I took a tweezers, and I uh, brought that resistor right up to that one soldered pad and just heated up slightly, used the tweezers to make it nice and neat and straight, and then let the soldering iron off, let it cool, 
and now you have one side soldered, and then I uh, solder the other side, and then I can go back to the uh, first pad in case there's too much or too little solder, and I can clean that up. Uh, the other 10, I did all at once with the heat and solder paste method, where you squirt a syringe of solder paste onto the pads and it looks awful when you do it. I mean, it looks pretty sloppy and you think, well, this is not going to work, but it does. And so the magic happens when you put a heat tool and what you're going to use, it's not the same thing as a paint stripper gun because that'll blow the uh, (laughs) surface mount parts (laughs) into the next county. But these parts are actually pretty big, so they don't seem to want to move as much. And the paste does help kind of keep them relatively uh, straight, but you're never, ever going to get them exactly straight when you lay them down with the tweezers. And they're not hard to do, so working with the tweezers is no more difficult than working with the needle nose or anything else that we do with kit building. And so you have the solder paste squirted on and kind of near each of these pads and you say well that's just too much the paste is sloppy and all over the place and I'm writing about that in uh, uh, an upcoming issue of CQ and what I do is I take this heat tool that's used for melting like wax ink and stuff for uh, scrapbooking and you can get those at Michael's or Hobby Lobby and uh, it costs about $20 for the tool and uh, so you heat it up And the very first thing that happens is this gray paste gets glossy. And then after a while, it'll start bubbling up. And suddenly that glossy appearance kind of disappears and it gets silvery and it looks like solder. But yet it spreads out and you think, oh, it's going to make a mess. And then after a while, it contracts and it, it gels right to that pad. And the magic happens. And that magic is when... Uh, it contracts on both sides, and that uh, surface mount part, these resistors, will suddenly straighten themselves out. And that's because of the surface tension of the solder and flux mix. And then you'll see it all nice and shiny, and you just work the heat tool down the row of these uh, resistors. And because the adjacent ones are starting to get heated up, from uh, where you're working Uh, it goes pretty quick after a while and then when you finally got the last one you simply lift the tool away and you'll see yeah there's flux kind of all over but the solder looks real nice and the Mm -hmm. uh, little chip resistors are nice and straight all by themselves and then what I do is I take some 91% alcohol. You can get the bottles like at Walmart for a couple of bucks and a uh, shop cloth or something. And I uh, put the alcohol on it and then I wipe it clean. And that lifts up all the flux from this, uh, from the solder paste. And then you have all of the surface mount parts done. Once they're done, I put in the four LEDs, and they all go the same direction. Then I put in the diode, the capacitor, and then last but not least, the BNC connector. Now you have a 50-ohm dummy load. And you can check it by taking a ohm meter from the center to the outside of the BNC, and it comes out exactly 51 ohms. So that's how you uh, put one of these things together. And... For me, of course, I'm a little more experienced. Uh, It took me more time to photograph it 
under different stages than it did to assemble it. <laughs> so, but it's it's really a, an easy kit, and it's probably the best introduction to surface mount that you could have because these are the largest surface mount parts they make, and. Uh, um, they go together real nicely, and it's easy to do. You can use any of the methods. Uh, just the uh, dab the solder and stick it to it uh, kind of a thing, and then solder the other pad method. Uh, that works fine, and it looks just as nice and neat. So um, that's uh, that kit. There are other kits coming down the pike for four states, and We'll be making announcements on those as they come available. Uh, the other kit that I put together this year, uh, one of them is, uh, in fact, one that's in progress right now, I'm not done with, is the SW40 Plus. And this is from Midway Electronics. And he is reproducing the kits from K1 SWL, Small Wonder Labs. And uh, when Small Wonder Labs quit making the Rock Mites and the SW Series kits, the Rock Mites went to Rex, W1REX, and the uh, SW Series kits uh, went to Midway Electronics. And uh, so I'm putting it together, and he kind of hews faithfully to the original circuit and uh, only made minor changes to accommodate parts that are not available anymore. And... So I'm about halfway done with that kit, and uh, so I've written about that in the magazine, and I'll be finishing that one up shortly. And finally, there's one called the Pentec TR35, and it's a four-band CW transceiver, and it has variable um, uh, receive bandwidth, uh, CW narrow and CW wide, and then it goes into the S. You can go into the SSB mode. It also has RIT, and the newer version has a way of activating a memory keyer within the thing, and it is all digitally synthesized with an OLED display, and there's no real menus. Uh, it's all knobs and switches. Uh, it's got a volume control, RF gain control. Uh, TX power output and a keyer speed control uh, mode switch. Um, uh, it's got a dial lock. Uh, you can change the steps by pushing down on the tuning knob. It is an encoder type synthesizer. And uh, I uh, activated this uh, doing my first SOTA expedition. And that was in conjunction with the uh, four state QRP annual convention in Branson, Missouri in early April. So we'll go into that a little bit more if you're interested. And uh, it was quite an adventure. I now have a great appreciation for what the people do when they activate yeah. these mountains. <laughs> oh, I imagine. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll definitely talk about that and, and some more kits. And and, and I, I like the the. Uh, you know the, the the solder magic thing you know every every radio is is just a big magic box right so that yeah. puts the magic in the in the kit yeah especially so. when you're just heating up a paste and it <laughs> solders it for you it's just wonderful. yeah oh, that's cool all right well we'll talk about uh the, the soda bit and we'll talk about uh some more kits when we come back with joe right after this word from icom america right here on Ham Talk Live. 
Be a Field Day leader with ICOM. Field Day is Ham Radio's most popular event, and it's just around the corner. On June 26th and 27th, more than 40,000 North American hams come together to operate remotely. Connect with nature, connect with friends. With a powerful and high-quality ICOM base station, easily cut through the pileups to get that contesting edge. Our popular IC705 Portable, IC7300, and IC7610 SDR transceivers are the clear choice for DXers and contesters across the globe. The IC705 is the perfect transceiver for hams who enjoy both the great indoors and outdoors on field day. It's the perfect contesting companion. This base station provides features and functionality at the tip of your fingers in a portable package covering HF 6 meters, 2 meters, and 70 centimeters and weighs in at just under 2 pounds. It has a 4.3 inch color touchscreen with live band scope and waterfall, 5 watts with a battery, 10 watts with a power supply. It has sidebands CW, AM, FM, and full D-Star functions, Bluetooth, wireless LAN, micro SD card slot, micro USB connector, integrated GPS, and the speaker mic comes standard. New accessories are now available, the MBF705 desktop stand and the AH705 optional automatic antenna tuner that covers 1.8 MHz to 50 MHz bands with a 30 meter or longer wire antenna. The IC7300 is a high-performance innovative HF transceiver with a compact design that will far exceed your expectations. This innovative HF transceiver digitizes RF before various receiver stages, reducing the generated inherent noise in different IF stages. This is the radio that changed the way entry-level HF is designed. With RF direct sampling, 15 discrete bandpass filters, the large color touchscreen, spectrum scope, and SD card slot. The real HF fun starts here. The IC7610 is the SDR every ham wants. This high-performance SDR has the ability to pick out faint signals in the presence of stronger adjacent ones. The IC7610 by ICOM is a direct sampling, software-defined radio that's changed the world's definition of an SDR transceiver. It has 110 dB RMDR, dual digicel, independent dual receivers, and an RF direct sampling system. Visit icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information on ICOM radios. Well, goodbye, Mr. Carlson, and beware of the Dayton Poisoner. Oh, yeah. You're talking ham radio, baby. You're listening to Ham Talk Live with Neil Rapp. Welcome back to Ham Talk Live. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And uh, we'll get back to Joe here in just a little bit. But I do want to announce that uh, Ham Talk Live will be live next Thursday night, which is uh, May 19th. And we will have the uh, Hamvention weather forecast, a traffic report, uh, an interview uh, with some of the uh, Dayton Hamvention folks, um, and that will be live on Thursday night, live from Dayton, Ohio. Um, 
I'm guessing we're probably going to be a little bit late, like 9.30 or 10 o'clock, but we will be on the air live, uh, so make sure you tune in to that. But uh, before we get back to Joe, it's time for, of course, the Joke of the Week. Now it's time for the Ham Talk Live Ham Radio Joke of the Week, the part of the show where Rick tells us a ham radio joke. The Ham Talk Live Ham Radio Joke of the Week is brought to you by QRM Labs. Now, here's Rick Garrett in 9GSU with today's Ham Talk Live Joke of the Week. It's no secret that ham radio isn't an inexpensive hobby, so I needed to take a part-time job to support my habit. They had an opening. I took a job as a security guard at the cell phone store. I am literally guardian of the galaxy. This has been the Ham Talk Live Ham Radio Joke of the Week with Rick Garrett in 9GSU. Tune in again next week for another joke from Rick. Joe Eisenberg, K0NEB, the kit-building editor from CQ Magazine and contributor to Ham Nation, by the way, uh, is with us again uh, tonight to talk about some, some kit-building stuff. And, and you were just mentioning uh, you know, your first soda activation uh, at the Four Days in May uh, convention out in Branson, Missouri. So talk a little bit about your experience with, with the, the summits on the air. Well, actually, it was OzarkCon from the four uh, state QRP group. And uh, I went along with uh, Gary, uh, W0MNA, and his wife, uh, Martha, uh, W0ERI, and they are working on their Mountain Goat Award, and that is for activating uh, so many summits, and they get different points for difficulty and things like that. Uh, We did two summits. One was in Arkansas, and uh, it was kind of near Bentonville, about 10 miles from there, and it overlooked Beaver Lake. And it was a tough climb. You just drive up and pull into a parking lot and string your wires <laughs> in the trees. And it had just a tremendous view of the lake. And uh, they were using uh, a Yesu 897. And so you don't have to go QRP on these things, but... You'll see in a minute why it helps. Uh, they were running only about 50 watts, and they were using a BioNO uh, battery pack. And uh, they were on sideband. It wasn't you know all on CW. And uh, he and his wife uh, made several contacts, and then they handed it to me, and I made several contacts. So people got credit again for working somebody else on the same peak. And uh, it's it's just a quick hello, gotcha kind of a thing. Even the signal report is not really necessary, but we do take that. And uh, we we publish out our uh, peak number, uh, uh, which tells them where the summit is, um, both on the air as well as uh, on a soda watch uh, kind of a spotting network. And so people are are watching that spotting network to see when the activator says, hey, I'm here. And uh, uh, so they did that, and then they handed it over to me. 
and I made several contacts, including I think as far away as France from the mountain. And then uh, they decided to treat me to the exact opposite of the easy one. And we went to uh, Pilot Knob Mountain in Missouri, which is kind of southwest of Branson and mostly west. And it's about a quarter of a mile hike up. <laughs> and so you park your car basically on the shoulder of the road off on a dirt path, and then you walk up. And it is publicly accessible. Um the closest restroom is the porta pot at the street, and there's a sign saying that this is a conservation area, and you can go up. And going up there, it was kind of a rocky trail, and the rocks were somewhat loose in places, so you had to be careful. You didn't twist your ankle or anything on the way up. And it will take your breath away, not just because of the stress of going up, but you're also going up in altitude. And you get to the top, and we couldn't see anything. There's no view because it's a forest. But that forest means, guess what? We have trees. And so we strung up a wire antenna again. And this time, uh, I also worked from the 897, but then I plugged in the Pentec TR-35 and made a few CW contacts. And what was even more fun was looking uh, on my phone at the RBN, the Reverse Beacon Network, and seeing reports from both coasts with very good signals. And so I was real happy with that. And uh, knowing that the about five or six watts that that radio was putting out on 20 uh, was doing quite well. And I was running that off of uh, a BioNO pack as well. Now, when of course, when you're hiking that far, instead of only hiking a short distance from your vehicle, uh, what you bring has got to be pretty light. So you pretty well take just the bare minimum of what you need to do this. And so I just had a little uh, 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 bag that had uh, my radio and the key and headset and and so forth. And I, I discovered quickly that they were using uh, Bose, Bose noise-canceling headsets. And because there was a high wind, uh, especially up there, uh, it was noisy using earbuds. But the noise-canceling headsets are wonderful. So I'm going to dedicate one to uh, portable HF use. But wow. uh, summits on the air as as like parks on the air kind of work similar, except that summits only require four contacts to be a valid activation, while parks requires 10. And parks, you can operate from your vehicle, while summits, you cannot. You can't have anything on or near the vehicle. Uh, you have to hike away from it. And uh, the drive-up one, yeah, we still walked away from the vehicle, but uh, we weren't climbing. And yeah, so yeah. the the neat part about it is is that it puts your kit radios and your regular radios to the test and uh um he used a uh, piece of small piece of, like 6 inch piece of PVC pipe with a screw eye and some fishing shot or whatever in it and he would sling that into a tree and would fall down and pull the string and then he'd just tie the end insulator to that and that ties things up 
And I think once we used a forty uh, twenty uh, dipole, and uh, the other one we used a uh, multi band N fed, and uh, either works really good. And they're only using RG one seventy four for the feed line, but oh, wow. the loss is. The, the loss isn't as great as you think uh, on the lower HF bands like 40 and 20 that we mostly use. And it sure saves a lot of weight uh, uh, yeah. uh, going up and down that hill. So, you, you know, when you're doing it um, where you got to hike up the mountain, that was that was a difficult one. And they, they told me, they said, well, they picked those so that I would get both experiences. And <laughs> we certainly did. <laughs> and I got some pictures, and uh, those are in the uh, June issue of CQ Magazine. You can see me sitting there on a, on a camp stool uh, operating the uh, Pentec TR-35. And it, it worked wonderful for this. So um, I hope to do that again at some point. The closest summit to me uh, is about 400 miles from where I live because I'm in southeastern Nebraska where it's pretty well flat. Uh, The people in Colorado, they do the 14K mountains and things like that, and other states have a lot of them. Uh, We do not in Nebraska, so I have to take advantage of times when I'm in those kind of areas to do that. Probably the closest thing you have to to a summit in in Nebraska is the the press box at the – University of Nebraska Stadium. That, that's that's yeah, probably well, your, your summit. <laughs> yeah, that that or the top of the state capitol. And uh, <laughs> uh, unfortunately, they don't count. But uh, yeah, well. Um, but it's very interesting, and you learn a lot. Like you can get dehydrated real easily up there, and uh, you got to just be prepared to do some hiking. And lighten up your load, but make sure you have spares of certain things so that when you make your way all the way up there, that if something fails, you can still find a way to get back on the air and make it all worthwhile. And the chasers are out there. They're looking for those activators. And you don't want to go, oh, my gosh, I forgot that RF adapter. Yep, exactly. Because it's a long way back. (laughs) Oh, yeah, long ways back to the car. And uh, so I have different, like, go boxes and stuff. The TR-35 was in its own box. And uh, um, I have uh, earbuds, and I have the power cord adapters, and I have uh, antenna adapters and things like that. So whatever they throw at me, I can plug into, and away I go. But... Uh, soda is a challenge, especially the ones that you got to hike up. Uh, the the drive ups are pretty pleasant. Some are drive and hike, uh, where you drive up and then you got to hike up a uh, hundred yards or something. But uh, it does vary. Each one is different, and uh, it's just a lot of fun to use the Soda Watch app, uh, which you can get for Android or uh, iOS, or go to the Soda Watch uh, web page. And you can see when people activate, and then you get on there and and work them. Make sure you log them, and and everybody gets credit, because the activators get credit for how many they make and and where they're where they're at and so forth. As does the uh, uh, 
the chasers that are sitting there waiting to catch uh, soda operators, and it's just a lot of fun. Well, sounds like you had a had a great time there and, and got to try out something new. So that's that's always cool. Well, uh, Joe, before we go, we, we said we were going to talk a little bit more about, about kits and, and, and everything with the uh, Hamvention coming up here soon. And and uh, I didn't mention the uh, the uh, Hamvention countdown to the, the, uh, the slideshows. So uh, you've you got a plan for this year's slideshow? Yes, I do. Um, in the past couple of years, I would do two slideshows, uh, each kind of with a different theme and a different song. This time, I'm using a medley of three songs that have been already mixed and edited together uh, to make a one long slideshow. So it's going to take me a while longer before I release it because of how long it takes to put all that together. The soundtrack is done, and actually the first minute and 40 seconds is already done as well. Uh, and what it is, is I'm going to kind of depict in the first minute and a half uh, the pandemic and one of the things that I did during the pandemic. And it'll show things like uh, uh, people getting vaccinated and uh, um, uh, I made... Uh, clear face shields for our first responders here. Yep. I made over yep. 300 of those on the 3D printer. And that was a 24-7 project for about three months. And I, uh, so I, I wanted to sh- kind of show that and uh, then kind of fade into the normal Hamvention show, which uh, is another song. Now, the first song I'm using, Enya's Only Time, and then I go to Hall and Oates, You Make My Dreams Come True, which is so appropriate for coming back to Hamvention. And then at the end, it fades into Staying Alive by the Bee Gees, which I picked because obviously we're staying alive. We're getting through this <laughs> pandemic and we're getting to see each other again. So if you're listening to this uh, podcast, and you see me in that hat and with that big camera with me, I'm going to want a picture of you in a disco pose. Now, think of Saturday Night Fever, yeah. okay, and John Travolta. And <laughs> that's kind of what I want. <laughs> so um, by yourself or as a couple or whatever or as a group of friends, uh, I'm going to want people in disco poses for the last part of the slideshow because it's just going to be a lot of fun and you're going to get to see a whole lot of people in that last segment of the slideshow. And uh, so the whole thing I'm I'm hoping comes in at about seven to eight minutes long. It can be as long as nine uh, to see how many people we get posing. But uh, I'm guessing seven and a half to eight at the most, which is about the same as uh, my slideshows when I do two of them. So uh, it's it's quite a project. I've never done a medley like this for a Hamvention slideshow, and I'm really looking forward to it and getting lots of smiles and disco poses uh, all <laughs> uh, put together. And I, I just hope that everybody... Uh, remembers that and comes up to me and says, are you ready for the pose? And I'll say, you bet. And I will Uh aim and shoot. And I do have a new camera this year, by the way. And so Uh uh, we're hopeful that uh, the improvement in photos that 
people have already seen in the magazine uh, will translate to the slideshow as well. All right. So if you see a guy walking around in the Dr. Seuss hat, you, you, that's, that's what you do. You, you do your disco pose and, and uh, get your picture possibly in the, uh, in the next big slideshow. So, uh, so, you know, take a look around for some kits. And of course, our friends at, at Tower Electronics will have a lot of the, uh, the, the parts and cables and accessories that you need to do all that. Yes, definitely. In fact, they're my primary source for plugs, jacks, connectors, and especially adapters that we need. Things like BNC to SO239 and things like that, and SMA and so forth for all these kits. Tower Electronics is my go-to. Yeah, so make sure you stop by and see them. And, and we have breaking news here. Let me, let me play the breaking news music. Because I just found out today for sure that Hammy, the Ham Talk Live mascot, will be present at Hamvention this year. So you can get your picture taken with Hammy. Oh, that's great. I'll get some pictures. We'll have to get uh, Hammy to do a disco pose. Th- there we go. That'll, that'll work. So, yeah. Uh, it sounds like it's going to be around noon on Friday and Saturday. So... You can look for uh, for the big pink pig walking around in the Ham Talk Live shirt, and uh, get your picture taken with Hammy and say hello. and uh, And uh, we're going to give away some T shirts and some stuff. So, uh, just just got that uh, verified this afternoon. So there we go. Uh, Hammy will be there too. So you've got your kits. You've got your kit building workshop. You've got. Joe taking disco pictures and, and, you know, what more could you ask for? Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, the theme is the reunion. And when I thought of staying alive, I also thought of my 50th high school reunion is coming up. And a lot of people tell me their high school reunions, what do they do? Uh, they play disco music. And, yeah, that's uh, right. <laughs> and so I thought, well, this is this is really reunion music. And this is going to be a lot of fun. So, uh only time uh, you make my dreams come true and staying alive is going to be the slideshows this year. Well, can't wait to see him, Joe, and uh, can't wait to see you. Uh, just uh, about a week and a half here, we'll be headed to Dayton. So I've got a sh- little shorter drive than you do, but but we'll we'll see you there. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm guessing. Yeah, I I have. <laughs> it's a, about twelve hours. Yeah, I, I think the hour and a half I have beats, you know, I think oh, I'll yeah. beat you there, but, but that'll be good. Well, it'll be great to see you, and uh, thanks for coming on the show and telling us about uh, these kits and your your soda stuff and, and all that, and um, we'll, we'll see you then. You bet. And once again, I want to thank uh, Gary and Martha, W0MNA and W0ERI, for taking me along on the wonderful adventure. All right. Well, thank you for for doing that as well. And that's a wrap for this edition of Ham Talk Live. Thanks to my guest, Joe Eisenberg, K0NEB, and everybody out there in cyberspace for listening. 
and uh, come back next time and uh, we will do the live show the night before Hamvention on Thursday night uh, tune in live we'll be back live again uh, for that so tune in uh, just just watch uh, the, it'll post on Twitter immediately and, and some of the other social media platforms so be sure to check that out Thursday evening and uh, for all of our upcoming guests just go to hamtalklive.com and you can see all that information so for now this is Neil Rapp WB9VPG saying 7375 and may the good DX be yours for 73 to you and your family I'll be seeing you further down the log Your 73s to you and your family I'll be seeing you further down the log <laughs>